Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast with none other than Theosaurus Flex with, with the new hair. Look at that. Look at that. What's <laughs> going on? It's not new, actually. <laughs> it's not new. Maybe since it's, it's not new. But for for everybody the on the show, yeah. it's, it's definitely new because the last time I think you had that like low cut, you're this professional. I mean, I guess it's yeah. professional too. You know not, I mean? not these days. Um, and uh, what we're going to do today is like we're going to do a Q&A and we got questions like kind of all across the board. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to actually start doing a lot more of, with, with Theo on talking about training, talking about, you know, what we do here, uh, training, nutrition, coaching, uh, and everything in between. Because uh, Theo's a, uh, you know, I would say a, a very funny guy, but like under the radar. <laughs> Doesn't make it seem like this dude's like throwing out one-liners left and right. Uh, so we got a lot of cool questions and and that touch on training, coaching, uh, a bunch of business stuff that comes to the gym. And obviously Theo's become such a, uh, a big part of Everything we're doing, we got we got some cool projects brewing for 2019 uh, that we'll announce when the time is right. When the time is right. Um, but first question, actually, this is cool because I wanted to uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask him this question first, and you got to keep it real with me. All right, you got to keep it real with me here. Uh, it can't be holding back. But say uh, the question is, what's a good way to establish trust and culture within the staff, within the team? I hate the word fucking staff. Uh, within the team. I'll answer this later, but I think this is I think this is great because you get to um you get to hear it from from Theo and he can just lay it out there. He can he can Well, I think man, it, it's how you kind of approach not just like with the team, um but with other relationships too, right? Like for me anyway, you know, making sure that uh people follow through with things and and you know, I'm kind of uh, not necessarily everybody else's uh, boss, but I've been here the longest as far as the coaches go. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally they kind of co- just come to me for, you know, advice or, um, you know, just to bounce ideas off me. So um, even in that respect, right? Like, you know, I want to show up for the rest of the team as well. And I think that, um, you know, it's it's following through with certain things that that you're going to say. And, and, and I've had, I've had trouble with that you know, in the past, um, you know, over committing with things and, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very ambitious. So I like to say yes to things that, that might sound like a great idea. Um, but man, then you get into spinning plates and, and I think that a lot of people can probably, uh, relate to that. So as far as establishing trust, man, is, is, is just keeping your word and, and doing the things and, and that you said you were going to do following through with them. Um, and, uh, always having an open, uh, open door. You know, I think that's, that's one thing that you've mm-hmm. done. You've always done really well since I've been a part of the team, um, is always having that open door, um, and, and keeping the the line of communication open for difficult conversations. You know, we, we, we've been there, um, a, a couple of times, well, yes, but, um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's part of the industry too, right? Like I think that a lot of coaches, they, they love what they do. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard for them to find, you know, how am I going to make this mm. uh, a career? Right. And then they start diving into other things, life coaching. And, you know, that's kind of been the popular one as of, as of these days, right? Everybody on Instagram is, is a life coach now. So, <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so I just use that as an example, but, 
Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, making sure that you have in like people can come to you if, if people can't come to you with uh, what they have on their mind, any any concerns that they might have. Um, I wouldn't say that that's their problem. I would say that that's the problem of, of a leader. But everybody I think that everybody on the team has to have some sort of leadership role, especially in this industry. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that everybody's kind of doing a good job of that. Yeah. I mean, you make really good points and it's, 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 it's almost like I couldn't have shared two better things because one, you know, Theo mentioned this, but uh, you know, the times where we didn't have, I would say great uh, team chemistry was always times one where I had that it's same issue, right? Like mm-hmm. overcommitment, right? Right. Because it, and overcommitment for me has always come from a place of I want to make you know its significance and wanting to make sure that everybody's like happy and I'm doing everything and saying yes to everybody, yeah. right? But of course, then what would happen throughout the years? I mean, we we legitimately had this issue of like uh, I would say, now nah, man, we're, we're gonna get this done. Hey, I'll get all this stuff ready by right, then, right. and then it wouldn't be done, and then the team would literally start being like, oh fucking here, Lucas, you know. <laughs> Here he goes again, like he's going to do everything. Um, and that, but that was an issue because then it kind of started creating a pattern of when I said things are going to get done, sometimes it wouldn't get done, right. you know, and then, then, then you don't believe it, right? So that's number one. Number two is anytime that there was a lack of communication, um, and, I, and I said this before, this tagline that I truly believe in is like when, when there's no communication, negativity will fill yeah, the void because you get stories, you yeah. know, and we, we've had, like I said, when, when it was, I would say not enough communication between us. There would always be like, you have a story in your head. I have a story in my head. Mm-hmm. And then when we finally sit down and get the tough stuff out, it's like, oh. Yeah, oh, that wasn't the case at. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like, yeah, oh, shit, absolutely. that's you Oh, man, like I, you don't think or feel this, the way that I thought that you did, right? So it, it's it's so incredible. Like these two simple things where do what you said you do when you do it. And maybe you got to say you'll do less and fucking do that. Yeah. Um, and and always like, man, can I go and talk to this person without getting the judgment of, you know, it, where you're, yeah, you're getting judged and, it, and it's not like working towards a solution, right? Because to me, it's always like, hey, how do we work towards a solution where it's a win-win scenario for you? It's a win, you know, it's a win for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, 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 we're, we're definitely on the same page there. I think, I think a quick action step too that people can take um, that we can relate to is because you know, when that, when that sort of thing happened, right. We just started setting weekly meetings mm-hmm. and then, then it was like, all right, well now we're kind of forced into this. I mean, I mean, we honestly, like we, we you know, let's, let, let's even bring it up. Like that we had a person that was a mutual friend that kind of mediated stuff. Yeah. For a little yeah. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and man, but, but like, look, that was, I think that was a, a, a really good thing because uh, you know, one of our friends, uh, Mike, who's been a member here for a long time and, and, and is also in a leadership position at a big company. Uh, would have meetings with Theo. Like we would, you know, we've been meeting for years for breakfast every week, every two weeks. And it was kind of like having this communication in a triangle. And then we all met up for a breakfast one time yeah. and uh, and actually had, it was, it was it was a great meeting. And then from there on, we started meeting every couple of weeks and man, like, um, and that was just a huge thing. Um, but, you know, it, it comes back to the fact that just professional personal development can't be, ripped apart and right. put into two boxes far away. It's like, it's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm Absolutely. looking at like, I, 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 I want to know what's going on with your life. I want to know what do you want? What are your fears? You know, what, what are the obstacles? Keep it real with you. You keep it real with me. I mean, shit, like, otherwise how do we move forward? Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if people are holding stuff back 
then you're never truly sharing what's going on. And that would be, I, I don't care what part of team you're, I mean, your family's a team, your, your friendships are a team. Uh, you know, if, if you're part of a business charity organization, like these are all teams and all these, uh, I would say, um, principles apply to every single one of them. Right. I mean, period. Like it, it, it doesn't, you can't really differentiate it that much. So, um, phenomenal. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, I would say insight on that one. Um, so th- this one, I'm going to, I'm going to f- throw your way to a little bit, even though it's, it's shifting, but Theo does a lot of the, uh, and does a great job with running. We currently call them mobility classes, but, uh, sessions. Yeah. We got to come up with a different name, but we're, it. we're, we're, we're working on some cool <laughs> names. Um, it's, is it's most likely going to be high performance recovery, but actually we're, we're working on a, a bigger kind of brand name, uh, and a whole structure that we're going to do next year that I'm excited about. But the question was like, what kind of weight mobility training would you include alongside marathon training? Uh, and I certainly got my own thoughts around this, but uh, you know, Theo's working with a lot of people that are pretty banged up and helping them get better. Uh, and so I'm going to, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I'm not going to use uh, specific terms because you know, if people haven't done certain types of training um, in particular, like I've learned a lot, a lot from the FRC system mm-hmm. and I continue to. Um, so I won't throw out specific terms, but um, I've had man, a lot of actually more than more than that's probably like the number one athlete that I've honestly trained other than. Yeah, it's just I think people just get into marathon running, whether it's competitive or or not. Um, people just love to do it. Um, for whatever reason, I hate it, but, uh, <laughs> um, hey, talk about a niche. It's like this guy, <laughs> like everybody comes won't, won't yeah, sprint, yeah. won't run more than 400 yards, but it's like, Hey, listen, he's I'm just gassed, getting people that are, that are running more than six miles, Dude, 400 yards at best, man. At 200 best. meters hardcore is like, conditioning yeah. for this guy right here. So, uh, just in, just in my personal experience from, from, uh, how I've, how I've sort of approached this is I, I believe that everybody has to have a uh, combination of, of things, right? So every time that somebody comes to me, uh, they go through an assessment. We look at some of the limiting factors in um, what's demanded from, you know, their body, yep. whether they're sport or um, job, whatever it is. Go through an assessment. We evaluate where they're at, um, any pre-existing injuries or anything like that uh, and where they want to go. So, you know, if somebody wants to run a marathon and they don't want their back to hurt, um, you know, it's, it's very simple where I'm, so I'm going to address, I'm going to address what need, what needs to be addressed. And then we're going to build on those foundations. So usually I'll phase out the warm up. Um, so if we're looking at marathon runners specifically, um, I've been taking people through uh, specific hip work where they do irradiate a lot of tension, um, you know, in end ranges, mm-hmm. um, that's where uh, the injuries happen. Yeah, that's yep. where that's where the injuries happen, as well as just constant overuse. Um, if if somebody's got weak feet, um, so doing specific uh, specific exercises uh, with the feet to strengthen um, to strengthen the feet, soft tissue work, um, etc. Um, so we'll start off with that, and then take them through. Man people get so much from a trap bar deadlift. It is because it's essentially a, a full body, uh, uh, a full body strength exercise. So if you coach it to successful reps and not necessarily worrying about how much weight, um, is on the bar, 
Um, I mean, if you think about the dynamics, you know, of that movement, that person has to be incredibly strong in order to perform that, um, you know, with with good reps. So, you know, obviously building, uh, you know, that absolute strength um, as well as, you know, working on stability. So uh, a lot of and this is why I kind of want to I want to rename the the Vigor Ground mobility class is because uh, I do teach a lot of stability um, in those uh in those classes, because if we constantly increase mobility in somebody, take somebody who's hypermobile, for example, and we don't teach them to control their range of motion, then you've, oh, yeah. even, yeah. even, even if you've increased their mobility, you've ar- arguably, you've increased their chance, their of chance injured. of getting injured. Yeah. So, um, kind of putting into, in, putting in all those things in the pot and keeping it really simple and explaining to them, Hey, this is why, this is why we're doing this. Um, that's how I've addressed it before. And people have not, I've had people not run for like two years and they've, they've set a PR on their, on their marathon time by over an hour, um, Mm -hmm. without running. So it's, um, you know, getting stronger and, uh, control, like getting more range in their joints and controlling their range. Their so ranges. making them more resilient. Um, and it's very, it's very simple stuff. It's not something that has to be, I think a lot of people, when it comes to athletes, they try to make things super complex. Complicated, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can treat, you can treat these people like any other, any other person that comes through the door. Um, it's just, you know, specific things need to, to be, to be addressed. I mean, I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head because foundations are foundations, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, when you think about like the the general things that you get issues with with runners, especially long distance, like running is jumping from one leg to another leg. Right, like right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, right? Like, so a mile is fifteen hundred plyometric reps, yeah. right? And if you don't have good, I would say, mobility and stability of joints, you're gonna get worn out joints, and that's right. what you see a lot of, Absolutely. right? So, you know, ankle dorsiflexion. Uh, you know, obviously hip mobility, like being able to extend the hip fully, flex the hip fully, weak hip flexors, strong core, like all this stuff, right, comes into play. So what, you know, what Theo does a lot of is like, man, going to each one of these joints and like making sure that they work well in isolation before you can integrate them, yeah. right? And that's what like a lot of the FRC and FRA and, and you know, which we, we love do and then just building strength on top of that. Right. Because my my greatest analogy for a runner was always like, hey, look, Running is producing force into the ground, right? If you can deadlift 100 pounds, you're producing 100 pounds of force into the ground, right? And then every step is a certain percentage of your maximum yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. But if you go from 100 to 250, <laughs> now that, that, that run, that jump from one leg to the next is a smaller percentage right. of that maximum force. Right. And I'm like, man, if your maximum bench is 100 pounds and I make you do 60 pounds for reps, how many are you going to get? Okay, now if I have, if your max is 200 and you do 60 pounds for reps, you're gonna get like hell of yeah, more reps, way right? More. Yeah, yeah. So you're, and, and when you look at the Kenyans, man, that's the craziest part, right? Their, their times are so absurd. You sent me that dude, video. Dude, I sent you that video Yo, that dude running like- You uh, got it, man, you gotta check this video out. I, I don't even know what it's under, but it was, it was, a, it was like a running kind of like road track and people could go on it to see the tempo that the world record in a yeah. marathon and is And people at. were just falling on their fucking face. Like dude. right <laughs> off the bat. Yo, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy, right? Cause, cause once you understand like, hold up, somebody's running this tempo for two hours. Yeah. That's absurd. Well, he's, he's running, he's running a 400, he's running 400 meters at an average of like 26 seconds or something like that. Most, 
most adults can't run 400 meters in 26 seconds, period. No, it's no, but it's, this it's guy's be more, keeping it, it up. It's, it's, it's 400 at, I think it's like 50 something. You just basically gave me flash numbers right there because it's 100 meters at. Did he? Yeah. No, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. This, guy, this, yeah, yeah. this guy's throw out like a berry from this flash number. But, uh, Usain Bolt could have been Man, couldn't be. Nah, hell nah. And, uh, but it was ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> but it, it it they were showing pictures of them like that. Basically, their their uh, postures like sprinters, right? Yeah. They're producing force right under themselves. And the thing is, like those guys have really good relative strength. They have incredible stability. And obviously, you know, th there's a lot of other Genetics. factors. Once you're once yeah. you're at that level, you know, if you ever want to read a book about stuff like that, that's called the sports gene. It's amazing. Um, but if it, it's it's like you have to be generally good before you can build all these niche specifics if you want to be healthy. Right. Right. So, and to go, I'm going to actually skip to one of the next questions and, you know, cause it's like, what is your training philosophy? How, how do you apply it to clients? And, you know, that's kind of like one of those loaded questions. Um, I talked about the R7 system when it comes to, and Mike Robertson and, and Bill Hartman kind of created that as far as like the structure of it. But, you know, what is a person for me? It's always like one, where's the person at, right? Where do they want to go? And then what are the things they need to get there, right? And part of it is like what they want. And then part of it is like what they need, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, hey, can you lose 30 pounds doing crazy training? Absolutely, right? But that's going to beat them up over time. So I always look at three, th like it's the same thing as precision nutrition teachers, right? We're going to look at body composition, health, and performance. And for me, when training, like all those three have to be addressed, yeah. even if it's a pro athlete, right? Like, hey, if I make him perform better, but like over the long haul is going to crush them, right? Like, man, that's not going to be a good thing. Uh, I, you know, if I want to help them be perform better and be healthier, but they're, they're going to look like shit. There's two things, right? First of all, that almost no sport in the world, excess body fat is good for, right? Uh, and number two, even if you're an athlete, you want to look good. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you ask Joe D like, man, why are you guys doing like the bicep? Like, listen, man, Everybody wants jack guns, man. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? We went to Joe D's in Jersey. Guess what we did? Just we did straight pump bro, session. Straight up meathead upper body workout. I was jealous. Um, it, you know, so so what's the philosophy? Like, look, the R7 system is resets, like getting people to like learn how to calm down, right? Yeah. I mean, we get clients. I mean, shit, me, myself, like you're probably drinking caffeine right now. Uh, yeah. I, obviously. Four day. <laughs> you already know. 60 He's ounces. He's got his own big ass cup with just straight pure <laughs> caffeine in him. And, um, you know, so how do you get a person to come in? It's all riled up and bring him down to more parasympathetic mode, right? Like we're kind of level out that autonomic nervous system. Well, breathing drills and resets and, you know, and resetting the also their like the position of their joints. So that's, that's what's called a, a reset, right? You have release, which is a soft tissue release using all types of different modalities for that, right? Like from the, I mean, there's like battle star lacrosse balls. I mean, we got the, the forge, I mean, you name it, right? But once again, like we have way too many of those. Things we have, we have, we have, we have, we have basically anything you can touch almost like imagine. Percent, like ninety percent, I maybe touch. They're, they're just like laying around. Every you go to bathroom and shit. There's just like there's a there's hundred thirty five pound soft tissue. Yeah, it's called ex wife. <laughs> like, look at come up, on, man. man. Yeah, it's, dude. We got we got crazy amounts of stuff that uh, might look like some medieval tools for torture, <laughs> but they're actually help you out. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> and, from, from there, you got readiness, which is just your dynamic warmups. You know, for like you want three things to happen. Um, you want to get your nervous system fired up. 
You want to just have your core temperature go up and you want specific movements that are going to prepare you for that training session. So that's part of readiness. And then from there you have reactive because we believe like every client should be able to produce and absorb force. I don't care if you're, you know, Jenny, that's 72. Guess what? You might fall. You might have to catch yourself. You might have to react. Especially Jenny, that's 72. Exactly. Because one out of three people at over 50 break their hip when they fall. So guess what? We're going to, we're going to do stuff like that. And then you got resilience, which is your strength training, your muscle building. That's going to be individual to everybody, right? I don't know. Wrestler might have to stand or wait. He needs to get relatively stronger. Somebody wants to put on 20 pounds of muscle. Hey, program's going to be a little bit different. And then we have resilience. Resilience is just your energy system training, which is very important. Um, and I'm like, Hey, check out Joel's, uh, bioforce conditioning, sir. Best, best course out there. Um, but and then at the end, there's recovery, which is essentially like, hey, how fast can we get somebody to start recovering? Yeah. So that that's a frame. Those are seven. Like every program is going to run through that, like every single one of them. Now, think of it as pieces of a pie, right? So example, uh, you know, let's say somebody comes in and is like, hey, my main goal is move better and I want to lose 40 pounds, right? Like we're going to go, okay, cool. Let, let's assess them. Are they really beat up? And, and we're going to do a bunch of stuff for their joint work and their readiness and their warmups. Uh, we're going to have some strength training. We're going to have a whole bunch of energy system training, right? You're going to have a little bigger slice of the pie for every one of those. Uh, you know, you get somebody that's like, they're really strong, but you know, they, their inner, their, their conditioning is shitty and they need to improve that for a sport. And they also don't have great mobility and control of their joints. Okay, cool. Bigger piece of the pie here, bigger piece of the pie and energy system. Let's maintain their strength, right? That's literally the the very simple way of looking at the philosophy that we put through. Now, like we could get geeky as that's why that's why we're gonna start doing a lot of these so that we yeah. can geek out on uh, more specific questions like that. But um, you know, it, it's that R seven approach, but then adjusting it to the client and also adjusting it to hey man, maybe they can only strength train twice a week. I mean, who am I to say they should do five if right. they can only do two? Let's build a program that fits those R seven and can get them in the best shape possible with, you know, two strength training sessions and maybe two, three, 15 minute home workouts, right? You gotta, you gotta view creating programs through the lens of the client. Like what can they do? How is their life like? And then using the principles of, of the science of training um, to, to create these programs, right? I think too many people are just stuck, like stuck in like, man, I got this template. And it's, and it's like, okay, I think templates and, and, and principles are very important but how do you adjust it to like very different people, right? right? What happens if somebody comes in and goes like, hey, look, man, I travel literally 25 days out of the week. Uh, I'm on the road. I can use a TRX, bands. Uh, maybe I can get to the gym like three times a month. What do you do? Yeah, Man, you build a program that fits those criteria, right? right? I've, um, also, I've also seen from a lot of coaches and heard too that, uh, you know, people who are, who are trying to just sort of please the client like you know a a, a client might come in and say hey like this is what I want to do and you know uh that that coach will kind of will just abide to it like okay well all right this is what we'll do and this is what this is what he or she likes and not really move beyond that Mm -hmm. so like a lot of people like everybody who comes in the gym they want to do something that you know they kind of want to stick into their comfort zone they might sign up because they want a coach to kind of push them out of that but man, like I, I don't know how many times that I, I see, um, you know, people who really aren't who really aren't doing that, um, and they're just doing the things that they love to do. So like allowing allowing them to have a little bit of that in their program. But a lot of times, like 
that's that can be a, a really great indicator of the things that you need to work on. Like if mm-hmm. somebody wants to come in and they want to bench press because they're really good at bench pressing. Well, man, like let's look at let's look at what's behind that, mm-hmm. right? Like how was their, you know, how was their how was their upper back strength? How was you know what what are what's needed? What do they have the support? Um, you know, or if you take them through a uh, energy system uh, portion of the workout, man, they're probably going to be absolutely smoked yep. because most of their training is geared towards that stuff. So, um, and that, I think that's where the magic happens, though. The magic is because I am a big believer of giving people stuff that, like, you know, the autonomy of of uh, somebody comes in and is like, "Hey, listen, we got a, a push press today. Would you like to deal with a kettlebell or a dumbbell?" Right? Like, uh, let's do KBs. Right? right. Like. We're still getting the movement we want, but they made a choice. Yeah, so it's yeah. like we, we're building autonomy. Or the other thing too is like, uh, you know, and this comes from like atomic habits and the structure of behavior change where you give somebody something that they like doing, immediately follow that by something that they want, that they, yeah. they need to do. Yeah, right? yeah, so it's yeah. the want and need and you, and you stack those habits on top of each other because then there's that feel good, like, oh man, I'm feeling good. All right, cool. Let's do this now, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, you make a great point because if it just becomes about like, this is the stuff that you want to do, but you know they need other shit. Yeah. Like, I, are you maybe just, sure, you're getting them in, but are you, are you like, man, I love doing like snatches and like, yo, you, you're you going to tear your cuff. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. How can we, look, here's, here's the thing. We're going to work on a kettlebell snatch and like all the progressions. And once you get to this point, then you can get to the next right. point. Earn it, right? Like, you have to be able to, as a coach, mold wants and needs. And and like I said, to me, that's what jazz is. Like you make the magic happen, right? Like it's the science and the art and like putting it all together. And that is that is the tough stuff, right? Because if you're always living inside of a box of templates, like, man, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Right? It's hard to do that. Um, the, okay, so I'm going to flip to this one because... I want to know like actually what this has been for. Maybe it's going to be like the last year, but like, what do you feel that is a book that everybody should read? I think the big leap is a book that mm. everybody should read. Yeah. Um, the book that kind of, I mean, that had a really big impact um, on my life. Um, even still to this day, I've only read through it. I've only read through it once. Um, I mean, I did take a lot of notes. I took my time on that book. Um, it had a great impact on me. Um, and even just how I view things today. So like, kind of like what we were talking about with the whole, uh, team and establishing trust. Um, you know, a a lot of that, right. Like you have to understand that people, um, will kind of show their insecurities through like maybe they're lashing out or if there is that miscommunication or they're pissed off at somebody for doing something, it's often something that they're doing, um, to themselves. Right. And that's what makes them so, uh, you know, frustrated or angry or whatever that emotion might be. Um, and that was a kind of a big sort of breakthrough for me personally. And I got that from that book. Um, the book that really sort of changed my life and it's a, it's, it's interesting because it's a a fiction book, but I'll read it once a year. Um, the alchemist. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so if you haven't read that, um, I, I absolutely, um, recommend picking that up. It's a, it's a short read. Um, I can blow through it in like three days, but I've, I've read that book probably close to 10 times now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll read it once or twice a year. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's a, it's just a great book. 
uh, I'm going to add to this. That's the good thing is like, you know, what's the book that everybody should read? Uh, and I'd say it's the book that you must read and what's calling you, right? Because yeah, yeah. I don't know, sometimes, man, like for somebody that's about their business is about to go to shit and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and because it's probably like a customer service experience issue, yeah. you know, there's a book probably that they should read. I'll share a couple of, of the books that like really at the, that point in my life made a big impact. So um, when I was younger, look, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, yeah. like I read that like, <laughs> man, like 20, you know, 20 some years ago, probably for the first time. Uh, that, that was a powerful book. Later on, I read Tony Robbins, uh, Awaken the Giant Within. As corny as it may sound, you know, like that's still a great book. Like that's still, because it was one of those things where you start reading about like, man, maybe it's not other people. Maybe it's you. Right, how right. do you, how do you view the world? Like, you know, what, what are your emotions are determining your behaviors and that might not be the best way. How do you control your emotions? Um, so that was another one for me in, in business I read it now, like 12, 13 years ago, right when I moved here, I read the goal giver by Bob Burke. That was like, that, that's what made me start uh charity boot camps. It made me start like just the philosophy of giving no matter what, like that being a core value and not like expecting anything in return. And that you're always going to like come out and put it this way, whether you get something back or not, not like you're going to get more from life and be more fulfilled from life. That was, that was an, a really, really, and honestly, the whole goal giver series, there's four books now get it. But the original goal giver, which is the red cover one, man, same thing. It's another book I read every year. I, like that's an every year read. Um, then from there, uh, man, there was a Debbie Ford book that I haven't mentioned in a long time. It's called dark side of the light chasers. Uh, I read that when I went to work, actually it was the big leap was one of them. It was like a package, big leap, Dark Side of Light Chasers and Byron Katie's The Work. Like that was our kind of like foundational reading there. Man, that Byron Katie book was. That was, that was, yeah, that was, that was wow. another, yeah. that was another breakthrough book yeah. just to be like, hold up. <laughs> you know, maybe go like, hold up. Right. What's going on here? Um, in, in Dark Side of Light Chasers, one of the things that like really struck out at me is, you know, not being judged. First of all, is that like the things that you get annoyed by in others are usually some things that you need to like face in yourself, right? Uh, like jealousy or somebody's annoying you doing X, fill in the blank. Like maybe that's because you do that shit, right? Yeah. Or I, I, I gave an example, like I, I, I get triggered by disloyal people and like I get triggered by it because I hated myself when I was disloyal, yeah, yeah. right? Like it was, it was such a big, like, you know, I got loyalty tattooed over my body everywhere and stuff. Like it is a huge core value. So when an, when I fucked that up, like it made me like, because for a long time I was avoiding it. So it's like, man, that guy's disloyal, right? And then I had to like explore that and go like, oh shit, like that's why, yeah. right? Uh, and and understanding that like you have to like feel like all emotions are good, meaning good. Like you 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 can't just like shut down certain things like hatred and stuff like that. It's just part of us. And even those negative emotions sometimes have been positive for you, right? Like, for instance, you know, it says, have you ever been a bitch, right? Like, in to 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 a woman, right? Like, yeah, has that has that ever served you? Like, yeah, man, sometimes it has, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's like exactly like we feel all emotion. If we shut down, you know, hate, we if we don't hate, we don't. I mean, you stop love. being, yeah, you stop being a human being. Correct. Like yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't not hate, and then express full love. Yeah. Right. It's just part of the roller coaster. Now. You got to go deeper into that. I'm not going to break down everything in that, but 
certainly a, a book worthwhile reading uh, if you're struggling with any of that. Um, from there, like one of the last books that like were powerful for me in business was uh, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. I think I, I shared that. Man, like you, f for me, as far as customer experience, uh, you know, enlightened hospitality, how you treat your team, how you treat people, um, your, you know, your clients and how the business operates in a community. Best book I've ever read. And some people will say it's the, the greatest, you know, business book written on on customer service, which I would agree with. Um, so those are just some that, you know, I, I literally went through the other day and counted uh, the books at home and in my office. And there's over 1100. And that's not even my Kindle books and all the PDFs and things like that. So and I haven't read all of those books, uh, but I know that not all, all of them, only like 3000. Uh, I've, I've, I've read over. I mean, at this point in time, I have read over a thousand books. It's like it's like a healthy version of hoarding. <laughs> dude, I walk in your pretty, office yesterday. Pretty, I'm like, dude, what's pretty the much, fuck, dude? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's pretty. Do you have a, a book desk? Like it's just laptop. Dude, that's and the, the thing. Books. Is home, like, where's the wood? At home, it's way worse. If you think it's bad in my office, it's way worse. And so it's difficult. But those are the ones that stand out. So you know, like something like if I know for you, the Alchemist, because you've mentioned it so many different times. Yeah. It's it's something that like really really stands out. Um. So I'll leave it at that because, like, when it comes to book, I know a lot of you guys are do a up. podcast just on that. Man, like, the, I'm getting the whole like top ten, and I'm I'm like, you know what, we should probably do is do like a top ten and like, or a top five in sales, marketing, leadership, whatever, you know, versus because otherwise there's no way I'm gonna be able to pull that off. Like the top five is is, is almost impossible for me. Are you a uh, Kindle or a? Nah, I'm a, I'm a hard. You're a hard I do have I've got about two hundred in my Kindle. I got about hundred and twenty in Audible, um, and but I got like over 1100 hardcover and that's like, doesn't count all the PDFs and stuff. I just love, I love flapping the pages. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I, can't, I can't sit and stare at a screen for it's, more than, Yeah. It's really yeah. difficult for me, man. I mean, I, if I had to, uh, John Goodman mentioned something and but he, but he travels so much. He was like, Oh yeah, I get a Kindle. Cause if I took all the books with me, um, I mean, I'd be done, right. Go for four or five, six months somewhere. And I already have a problem. Cause like I, you know, I roll up in New York and I'm like, I got 11 books with me and shit. And, and my bag weighs like, you know, 45 pounds. Um, so I'm sure there's more efficient ways that I could do stuff, but I do love the feel of the book. I love flapping pages, doing, taking notes in my four by six cards and sticking them in there. I, it's just been really good for me to remember things and be able to go back and pull stuff out of it, you know, write, uh, do, uh, you know, create presentations. Cause then I can go back and actually know like what were the big points versus just like I read through the book. Um, and you know, reading is just 5% retention, right? Then once you start teaching it and you actually have involved, I can always tell when you've, when you're reading a new book. Yeah. Cause I'll, I can cause, cause tell. I'll see you and then you, I'll you, tell you. Something. And then you go to, and then you go to Hugh and then you have the same conversation and then you go to somebody else. You have the same conversation. I'm like, Oh, this guy's reading a new book. Okay. So, so I want to <laughs> like, I want to bring this point up though. Cause it, you know, cause Theo is bringing something up cause he notices it, but like, man, I really do that. Right. Like there's, if I read something and it's profound to me, I'm going to start talking about it to everyone, like to I, everybody. Right. But that means in the next week, I'm going to talk about it like 10 times mm -hmm. and then it gets ingrained. Yeah. I'll tell it in, you know, I'll tell a story in team training on charity on Saturdays. Uh, I'm going to write a post on, on Instagram about it. You know, I'm going to talk to the team about it. Like, you know, I'm going to have individual conversations about it, but then it really sticks for me. You know, it really sticks for me. So I think that's one of the great ways, um, that uh, that you can that you can ingrain knowledge. 
Um, perfect for me because I just hear it like five times and I don't have to, like, read oh, book. I have to read the book. <laughs> what were the best nuggets you took <laughs> from this? Oh, Part of the reason why I, I moved 45 minutes away so I could just listen to audio books, <laughs> dude. I hate reading. I love it. Dude. <laughs> uh, th- okay, so what? Th- I'll, I'll have, have you start with this one. Like, how do, how do you personally define fitness? And maybe this is like, hey, what, how do you define fitness for yourself? Maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's really that's really difficult. I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, look, I'll take it away. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I might be so, able to build an uh, elaborate. Yeah, because but. at this point in time, right? Like, for me, fitness for a long part of my life was like fitness for basketball. Right? It was it was like. Am I fit for basketball? So can I run 40 minutes? You know, can I dunk? Can I be like resilient, this, that, and the other, right? Like, so everything was around that. And then there was kind of like this area of uh, like not really knowing what it is for me because it was like training, trying to train like an athlete and build a business, which was <laughs> not the best idea. That's why I got injured a whole bunch. Um, but But now it's like, I certainly know that fitness for me is, the tagline would be being able to do as much shit in life as I can. And so, hey, I want to go to play basketball on a Sunday for two and a half hours and not be debilitated after it for a week. That's fitness. Um, you know, can I go for a six hour hike? Fitness. Can I lift an appreciable amount of weight? Because look, let's be real. Strength helps everything else out. But at this point in time, do I have to deadlift 600 pounds? No, I, I, I don't give a shit about that but I still want to be strong, mm. right? And, and, and I think everybody has criteria in, in their mind. Like, think about it, right? For uh, a lady in her 50s, if she travel bar deadlifts 200, it's probably like, man, I'm, I'm pretty strong, right? For me right now, it's like, hey, I, I got to be able to deadlift around 500, you know what I mean? Or, and, and like I said, these are, these are arbitrary like numbers and lifts and whatever. But like to be able to, I say like be hard to kill and whatnot, well, like I just, (laughs) which, you know, which I think is a good tagline right there. But the point of it is like, can I do as much shit as possible? Because if you like, if I'm hurt, can't do stuff. If my joints are banged up, I can't do stuff. If I'm injured, I can't do stuff. But then also like, man, like if you go like, yo dude, let's go um, bow hunting, which by the way, this guy might tell you about his like bow hunting, uh, uh, I would say obsession, (laughs) which I think is not a bad thing. Uh, but you go like, let's go to Alaska and fucking hike for like seven days and yeah. bow hunt. Like if you don't have a certain type of fit, like you can't do that. Yeah, right, right? right. Now I'm not interested in going to run a hundred mile race. Ever. Right. Yeah. Ever. Correct. In a car maybe. Um, but the point is like for me, fitness is like being able to do as much shit as possible. And because if I can't, then it's restricting my joy in life. And I like to do adventurous stuff. Um, and of course there's the, the, I would say the ego part of it and the body composition part of it. Like, man, I fucking want to look good. I want to yeah. look like an athlete. Right. Uh, and, um, and it comes back to those three, like health performance, body composition. Um, uh, but the performance part of things now is a wider array of things. Hey, like I love boxing, you know, can I box for an hour and a half? Like really, you know, at, at a high intensity, um, you know, can we go and do some track and field workouts? Right. It's, it's more spread out in general versus more niche and specific and going in one direction. And, uh, and, and that, you know, that's going to be it for me for the rest of my life. But obviously with adjustments, you know, where I'm sure in 15 years, I really could give a shit about deadlifting 500 yeah. pounds. Maybe I won't. Right. Like, but that, that for me is fitness, being able to do shit in, in as many different areas as possible that allow me to 
live my life to the fullest physically. I could break that down in a few P's. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, potential, personal power, preparation. I mean, like those are the things that like, you know, to, to kind of just cut all that down and, and, uh, you, you know, saying I talk too much, bro. It, yeah, I'll say it because <laughs> nobody else will. Um, <laughs> but I mean that, cause I, I started off on, you know, very much the same sort of journey, you know, like I, I played hoop, I played sports, um, you know, my entire life. Um, so for me, like at a certain point it was, okay, well I want to be a better basketball player, right? I want to get to the next level and I can't do that at a wiry 150 pounds. Like it's, it's not going to work. Um, and I love to dunk on people. So I need to, I need mm. more, I need more weight. Um, and then it became like a self-esteem thing, right? Like I stopped playing basketball, um, and wasn't training, wasn't really doing much other than working dead end jobs and stuff like that. Um, wasn't taking care of my body. Um, so then I just like my self-esteem, my confidence just wasn't there. So then it was like, all right, well, man, like, you know, I just, I need to get back in the gym. Um, and my, my mood is man. Like if I don't, if I don't train, like not only will I notice, but like everybody Everybody around me Mm -hmm. will, will notice. And there's like, dude, like do something like you, you got to do something. And, and, And fitness is, is one of those things. Um, and then now it's, I, I, I view the, the human body as like a piece of technology, especially, you know, I, I test things out on myself a lot. So a lot of what you see that I post on, uh, social media, YouTube and, and all that stuff is, is things that I've personally tested myself and not just written down on a piece of paper and said, Oh, this would be cool for, for social media. Um, you know, those are, those are things that I've personally tested because, um, you know, maybe I've, I've got a great idea from you or, or other inspirations and then, you know, build on those things. And, um, you know, so to, to check out the, the full potential of, of my body. And I've been through, I, you know, I've been a coach here for going on six years. Um, I've been through so many different sort of phases on, you know, how I live each day of my life and whether it was nutrition, the amount of sleep that I get, um, you know, my, uh, training regimens, there was a while there where, you know, I got hurt and that's how I dove into more of the mobility, Mm -hmm. durability, resilience, sort of, um, you were one type mofo, dude, it was unreal. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, just ex- like going down the rabbit hole of different things. And it's, and it's kind of how I live like my everyday life. Like, you know, something will spark my interest and it's not like I can just dabble in something. Like I have to go completely into, like you mentioned bow hunting, like it, it like that's always been sort of an interest of mine, but I didn't really have any like, access. Like, like this I grew dude. up, I grew up by a fucking airport. So like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody in my family ever hunted. Like I grew up fishing and that was about it. So then I just, I was like, man, I need to learn as much as possible if I want to do this. And this guy has a lot of hidden skills, by the way. I don't know if you guys follow him. You should definitely follow Theon on Theo and Steph on uh, IG. This dude is cooking. I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures that his girl Steph puts up, and then it's like I thought she's cooking it, but this guy's cooking it. Just fucking like these amazing meals. Um, does like. Do you do like about 30 minutes of bow hunting? I mean, uh, shooting bows every day? Uh, on average. On average. Yeah. Um, I try to get in like an hour. Sometimes it might be like Man, five shots. And then I got to bounce. If the zombies just, come, 
deals on top of our building. Dude, if the zombies Hold come, on, we'll I'm out, that, dude. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm not on top of the bigger life building. We're I'm calling gone. Joel and jumping in a helicopter. Dude, fuck, out of here. I'm not fucking around oh, with zombies, dude. Yeah. I saw the movie 28 days later. Those things move hell All right, fast. Well, I was really hoping that that's going to be something. That, <laughs> nah. Okay. Get a gun. See, the, uh, honesty, honesty matters. Uh, Gene, Gene's showing the time. All right, we got we got time for a couple more questions that we're gonna we're gonna knock out. Um, questions: if, if if you were starting the gym again, what would you do? I'd do the same thing. Um, I mean, that would be the short answer. But like, check it. Like, to me, I'm I'm a big fan of like proof of concept. Um, I see this a lot where people haven't succeeded doing things on a smaller scale and try to take it on a bigger scale. Like Kevin Nations taught me, like to to sell many, you have to sell one first, and um you know, before like taking it back now, legitimately now it's 14 years plus when I started and I was still playing pro sports, but I was coaching already. I was playing coaching pro teams on strength and conditioning. I was training my friends and we started training this group and that's how everything grew. But it's like it grew organically. Uh, We're getting results. People are loving it, the culture and everything. And then we built on that. And then we started uh, (laughs) say a gym. It was a room in Slovenia. And then, like I said, proof of concept, proof of concept, proof of concept, right? So I, I would say, I'm not saying that like in no scenario would you do that, but you know, how many times right now is like things are venture capital funded. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we got, we raised X, Y, Z money. Like, is this going to work? Oh, it's an idea um, with no proof, proof of concept type of thing. Uh, and then just going all in, you know? So my personal philosophy, and like I said, it's not the only philosophy is, you know, to make something excellent, build it from the ground up. Uh, and then expand. Um, so I think some people move too fast before making the service great uh, and, you know, differentiating it from the rest that's okay or lukewarm or average-ish and shit, you know what I mean? And, like, we're in times where you can't do, like, you can't be that. Like, it just, you just can't be that. Um, so start in a smaller spot, you know, if, if, if you're doing it, become excellent and then see where it goes. And don't, like, that's the other thing, man. Like, I, I can't tell you just in the last... Uh, to like two years, I was writing it down, like with with people that have shut down businesses, changed them, whatever. Because, and after talking to them, because some, some point in time, some of them I coach, uh, it was like, man, you know, I built something I didn't really want, um, you know. And I think there's an idea of what people want, and and maybe they don't really really want that, right? Because uh, it's really easy to like, you know, for me that idea was like many gyms, and then I was like, I don't fucking want many gyms, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like. Uh, is there a time and a place where something might make sense? Maybe, I don't know. But like, you know, once I really sat down and go like, man, what I really care about is like, man, I care about like art, you know, like the art of building something special. And, and, uh, so I would, you know, I I would say that's kind of my, my philosophy right there. Um, and let's see, cause man, we got a lot of questions. Good question. Um, all right. Any tips on restarting? So let's finish with that one. Any tips on restarting? Best way to return consistency. Food, workouts, um, you know, getting back on career, like building building a business. Like basically that's, that's the question, but on restarting. Um, I have your thoughts on it first before on, I on restarting. Just anything. Yeah. So in like general. imagine, yeah, just just like you fell off, uh, you know, you you fell off and you want to get back to it and and succeed with it and not fall off again. Well, I'll take uh so something that I'm doing pretty much every day now or working on and, and, and planning out is social media. So for a while, which you've done a great job with, by the way, thank you. I want, I want, I want to shine a light on that. Um, I've, I've, there's been, there's been times where I've gone on like a hiatus. Like there was one, I I didn't touch 
any social media for two months. Um, and I think, you know, it, it really just became sort of like this overwhelming piece of, of my life. And, um, I mean, I have a one year old daughter, so you could probably imagine why, uh, you'll get stressed out sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So then it, it kind of just became, all right, well, let's do, let's start off with like one post a week. Right. And doing like doing it more education based and, and having, uh, what I wanted in mind. So it wasn't just, just post anything, right? Like be strategic, like be a little bit more strategic about it. Mm -hmm. And so you can sustain that, right? Instead of trying to spin a bunch of different plates and talking about a bunch of different things, I wanted to be more specific about the direction that I wanted to take, um, and the message that I wanted to send. Um, and then from there it was like, okay, I can manage this and let's build on it. Let's go, uh, let's go two posts a week. And sometimes then it would go to three posts a week. All right. Well, then, you know, it would start to turn up from there. Um, so you built confidence up through starting small. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and things like if I were to try to go from, all right, well, not doing anything for two months and then going from that to, all right, a post a day, um, that can create a lot of anxiety and overwhelm, um, which most people can't sustain, right. Or don't want to sustain anyway. Um, so that's just one example, right? Like I, I don't know how many times I've applied that to different areas of my life, uh, fitness included. And sometimes, you know, things can be, uh, brought on, you know, for me, it was an injury, um, that made me have to restart, right? Like I was super tight movement patterns sucked incredibly strong. Um, but not as resilient, incredibly strong. Like incredible. I mean, we're talking, holy shit. Um, but anyways, I had to, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just wasn't resilient enough. So, um, you know, and then I, I had to learn how to, uh, establish, um, those foundations, uh, a, a little bit better. Um, and so, um, piecing things together that I wasn't necessarily excited about at the time, but I knew that they were, uh, I knew that they were necessary and then it just became habit. And now it's, it's just second nature. I don't even think about those things. See it. You make a point of like, it's what James clear kind of brings up, which is, you know, making a habit so small that, you know, he says, do the first two minutes of a habit, right? Now to me, that just freaks me out about thinking about it. So like, if you're going to go for a run, put your shoes on and your shirts on and then go to the door and walk for a minute. Right. Right. And people are like, what the fuck? It makes no sense. It's like, look, Maybe you're going to go for a run, right? But maybe you won't. The, the key is getting those first two minutes. That's it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish this off with basically my, my point is like, one, start way smaller because starting bigger, if it hasn't worked the last nine times, it's not going to work, right? So either starting smaller and building that confidence. Look, do, do like, like I said, change your breakfast. Just do a smoothie in the morning. Forget about the rest of the shit. Do whatever you what you've been doing. And usually you get a cascade effect and you get a snowball effect with a keynote habit, a keystone habit. So start smaller practices, right? And I mean, I still like the analogy of a visual on a calendar, you know, knocking out a big red cross that you did something. And if you, you don't want to break the pattern of the red crosses, right? Cause it's like, oh shit, I did, did mm-hmm. it four days in a row. Let me do it again. Yeah. The second part of it is like, man, put yourself in an environment for success. Get a coach, go into a community where you like seeing the people and we are, because we're social creatures, we want to live up to the standards of the community, right? Of the tribe. So if you're in a tribe where every, nobody does anything, they eat out, they, they drink, they do this, that, guess what? 
you're going to fall into the standards yeah. of that tribe. If you go into a tribe where everybody's looking to be better and, you know, push themselves and, and get fitter and healthier and it's not non-judgmental kind of space, guess what? Like you're going to do that. And if you invest and put your money or time or energy where your mouth is, uh, you, you're going to have some pain of like, man, if I don't do this, there's pain, right? So I think those are the two things is like when, you know, create habits that are smaller and then find environments that will, uh, I would say, drive you into the direction of who you want to become. Um, that's a very short one because actually uh, gonna, we're going to do a, a podcast straight up on just behavior change and habits, uh, which I'm very geeky about. And um, but, I'll, but I'll finish it off with that so there's some actionable steps uh, because I know Gene's got to roll out. Uh, he's about to throw some shit at us. But so with that said, uh, actually, I'm, I'm loving this format. We're probably going to start doing this at least every two weeks, if not even more often, uh, touching on. I, th- I think what is great is is, is like I, lo- I love the perspective of, I mean, one, Theo has just become like an incredible coach, um, but also the insights of somebody that's like from a different perspective, from a team standpoint. And he's obviously becoming a leader, not just through the team, but also in the industry and, you know, getting different perspectives, like I said, because like. Uh, I like it when, you know, I might say something that's got to be like, nah, that's not true. I'm like, fuck, all right. Uh-huh. But, but then, you know, but this is how, this is how shit rolls. And I, and I think it's, it's good to see the, the engagement between, between teams. So keep, keep knocking out the, first of all, keep sending us the questions. So, you know, I, I'm always writing stuff down. If you DM me on IG, uh, if you send me something on Facebook, I'm always taking that and putting into the, into the notebook so that we can answer these questions. Obviously I'll post stuff on stories to, to ask questions. Uh, as always, we appreciate the love. So the reviews, we love the reviews. We love the feedback um, and sharing this because once again, like now it's getting into the thousands of listeners per episode. And, and, I, and I love that because once again, there's many coaches reaching out saying that it's, it's really, really helping you guys out. Um, and there's nothing we want to do more than deliver more value and help you move forward. Uh, but hey, whatever you learned today, put it into play, put it to action. Um, also, where can they find more about you? Uh, Instagram. Um, I keep it simple, Theo Bowie, um, as well as YouTube and Facebook. T H E O B O W I E. It's not Bowie, it's Bowie, Bowie. son. Bowie. Bowie. With that said, Coach Dio, Coach Luca, Figure Life Podcast. See you next time. Peace out.